0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. How about we start with just praying first. God, we just thank you for this time to hear from you and dive into your word. Lord God, would you just speak to us today what we need to hear from you and encounter you afresh today. And who remembers when they were a kid? People? Yeah, okay. We're not. We haven't, haven't blocked that out just yet. Um, if you currently have kids, you would know exactly what I'm about to talk about. Not that I have kids. Um, not yet. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but I remember having rules in my household growing up. You know, we, we moved around a lot, but there was always certain rules I would always um, be there. Some that really come to mind were bedtimes, whatever they were, you'd have to be in bed by then. Um, curfew for coming home. Whether when I was younger, still had the when the street lights came on, you quickly hurry home because you had five minutes to get home once the street lights were on. Otherwise, you're in trouble. Or if the dishes, if the dishwasher was empty and you had a dirty dish, it didn't go on the bench, it didn't belong there, it goes in the dishwasher. <laughs> and the other big one that still like grinds my gears when I hear this happen today is a door slamming. If a door would slam in the house, it's not a good sign. So they were some of my rules. Whatever your rules were, I'm guessing you knew what they were. And when you went against it, you knew it wasn't what your parents wanted. They look after us, they care for us, they do so much for us. And these were like the few little things that they just always wanted us to do. But sometimes we like to push those limits, just a little bit. Like when you're running late for school or for work and the dish that the dishwasher was empty, but you didn't have time to put the dish all the way into the dishwasher and you left it on the bench and you just hoped no one would see by the time you got home that you could quickly put it back in. Or you would quickly explain, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I was running late. Or that awful time when you had the beautiful breeze blowing and as you walked through the same door, the breeze slammed it shut and so you came running out. I'm sorry, it was the wind, I promise. I do that multiple times. We are quick to apologize for those kind of things. And we know we've broken the rules by accident. It doesn't happen very often. We can say sorry and move on and know that we're not gonna do it again for, as you're a kid, about a week. Um, But if we look at, um, reading in 1 John 3 today, verses four to six, everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. Now in this verse, it's not talking about that one off, the door accidentally slammed kind of sin. There's grace, that's not who God is. God wouldn't shun you out for one thing. There's grace. For those things and we can say sorry and keep looking to God however it is talking about something called habitual sin where we're continuously doing that same thing we're continuously slamming that door every time we walk through it actively going against God or when our heart is malice towards him or chooses to ignore those little things that he's put in place to protect us This could be in just one area of your life. Say it's swearing. Maybe it's drinking too much. Maybe it's what you view on the internet. Maybe it's how you are at work compared to how you are at home. When our hearts are constantly rebelling and our sins become so habitual, maybe we don't even recognise it as a sin anymore. And that's the kind of sin that John was talking about in that passage. If we stop looking to God in that one area of our lives, we stop knowing him and letting him in in that particular area of our lives. And slowly, even though that's the one sin, it can turn into more aspects of our lives where we block him out. All right, if we go on to verse 10. Here is how God's children can be clearly distinguished from the children of the evil one. Anyone who does not demonstrate righteousness and show love to fellow believers is not living with God as his source. All right, so you have to show righteousness and love to people. The other day, I was at work like you do. Um, I work with elderly in the community and long story short, I basically go to their house, get them to do exercise and leave again with a lot more in between. But I was, it's COVID, so there's a lot of people sick, and I was filling in. And i never met this lady before, and I was running a few minutes early. I thought, oh, good, you know, I'm early. It gives us time before I have to leave again, all is well. And I knock on her door, and I'm all ready to meet her in my little gear, and she opens the door while I'm on the phone still, and is like, you know, being early is just as bad as being late. I was like, oh, okay. Sorry, I thought I was like good to go. Um, so she still lets me in, um, surprisingly. But she just kept throughout the session making different comments, or being quite nasty, or not quite looking at me, and um, being quite rude. And in all honesty, I was ready to leave. I was like, "Come on, let's hurry up. Let's do your exercises. Come on, up and down, um, balance. You know, quick, quick, quick." And I kind of just stopped and actually looked at her properly for a little bit when she was taking a rest because we all need them while exercising. Um, and I just felt God say to me, like, "I love her just as much as I love you. Wow. Like there is no difference between that." That made me like, "Oh, okay, God." And so I started being kind. I started asking her what was going on. And she started telling me all these terrible things that were happening in her family and her health and how she was feeling and how isolated she was like a lot of elderly are right now. And I wish I could tell you I was brave enough to talk to her about Jesus. Or I wish I could say that I was praying like I stopped and we prayed together right then. But I didn't. However, I I genuinely did care about her. And I did tell her that I was praying for her and that I really hope that situation changes. And I was under my mask so she couldn't see my smile, but I was smiling. Um, And she, for the first time, stopped, looked me in the eye and said, thank you so much. That means a lot. And I was like, oh, hmm. So if we read verse 16, this is how we discovered love's reality. Jesus sacrificed his love, his life for us. Because of this great love, we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another. You're told right here, this is what love is, right? Jesus sacrificed his whole life, the ultimate sacrifice. Thank goodness for most of us, that doesn't mean laying down our physical lives. But let's read verse seventeen. If anyone sees a fellow believer, or I dare say a person, a friend, a colleague, in need, and has the means to help him, yet shows no pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God's love lives in him? Beloved children, our love can't be abstract theory we only talk about, but a way of life demonstrated through our deeds. My dad always said to my sister and I growing up when we did break those few rules and more, um, he would say, don't just tell me you're sorry. Show me you're sorry. Sorry means not doing it again. And I think that's what John's trying to say in this passage, but about love. That Love is an action, a constant choice we have to make, In every situation every time I had to actively choose to love that client of mine who was getting on my nerves being really grumpy I had a lot of other really good words up my sleeves for her but I knew that God's love runs deeper and that's what he wanted me to show right there and then he desires us to be known by people and to stand out from the crowd around us by demonstrating his love for them through us i could have been mean and not cared and walked out and left early and i knew that's not what god's love was for me or for her he would never walk out on me so i don't really know where you're personally at with this journey maybe you've Never experience God's unconditional love for you. And maybe that's something you'd like to experience today. And we say, yes, but hold on. We're going to pray for you and for that at the end of the service. So bear with us. But perhaps you've fallen into that surface level love for people where you say it, but don't act it out. And God's speaking to you right now about an act of love that he's calling you to do. Maybe it's for your spouse, a work colleague that's struggling, a family member, someone who's sick in this day and age, isolation. (laughs) Um, What act of love is God calling you to do this week, even if it's one? Or maybe you're stuck thinking about what I was saying at the start about habitual sin, something you've fallen into. You feel trapped in or maybe this message has actually brought something to light in you i actually just want to pray right now into that for anyone who feels like they are stuck in a sin that they can't get out of or they've just realized that they're not looking to god in something particular in their life he doesn't want us to just sit in that and know that we're doing something wrong he has freedom for us. He promises freedom from those things and a better life beyond those things holding us down. I was reading this morning in Isaiah 48, 18, it says, if only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river. And I know it goes on, but I just love that. Your peace would be like a river if we follow his commands. So if you're like that, I just can... Put your hands out or just know to God that you're thinking that and wanting to change those ways. I'm just going to pray for anyone right now feeling in that position. So we can just all close our eyes. I encourage you, if you're feeling like that, put your hands out. Show God that you want to receive from him today. We actively, with our body, show God that we love him and for him, he delivers. So Lord God, right now I just thank you for your love and your light that shines so brightly on your people, Lord God. I thank you for your forgiveness and that you are such a loving, loving God who adores his children and who wants peace to just run like a river. Lord God, would your peace come on everyone right now, Jesus. And anyone struggling in that sin, Lord God, would you be showing them ways to break free? Showing them better ways, lifting that burden off their chest, Lord God. Would you just come and bring healing there? Healing, Lord God, and let peace just run like a river. In your mighty name, amen. Alrighty, Thank you, church.
1: Excellent and encouraging, and all of those good things. Now I'm going to spend the last part of this of today's message. Just talked about 1 John 3. I'm going to talk about 1 John 4, and I'm looking at 1 John 4:17 to 21. And the first, the reason I'm looking at just the last part of 1 John 4 is that the first part talks about discernment, and I spoke about that in a more detail when I did the overview of John in week one. So, the rest of 1 John 4 talks about love. Now, doesn't 1 John talk? 1 John talks about love a lot. Has anyone noticed that? Love. (laughs) It's great. We all need to hear about it. Every one of us, everyone who's preached in the series has has talked about that love. And um, right at the very beginning, I said, 1 John 4, is about loving God and loving others. That's pretty much, and and that is the core of our faith, isn't it? Loving God and loving others. Our faith can be simplified down into those two important um, things, two important qualities. So let's look at what 1 John 4 says about love. Verse 16 to 21 says this, we know how much God loves us. Do we? Do you? That's my question today. We know how much God loves us. My guess today is that we don't, that we really don't. And not only that, we have put, this is what John says, we have put our trust in his love. We know how much he loves us and we put our trust in his love. That's an amazing sentence, really. We could live in that sentence for all year, if we really wanted to, and it would change us. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence, another great word that I'm going to look at because we live like Jesus here in this world such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear if we are afraid it is for fear of punishment and this shows that we have not fully experienced another great word we haven't fully experienced it's not that we don't know about it but we haven't fully experienced his perfect love We love each other because he loved us first. It all comes back to his love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says I love God but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers, which is what just talked about so beautifully. Verse 16 says, We know how much God loves us. I don't think we absolutely actually do. Not every one of us does. I don't. I don't know how much God loves me because He is still unfolding to me the love that He has for me. And I've been a Christian for a bazillion years. That's how old I am. And he's still showing me how much he loves me he is and I'm sure he's still showing you how much he loves you an unfolding revelation of his love an unfolding revelation of the experience of his love we have put our trust in his love you know that will change the way you live if you can put your trust in God's love. What does that mean to put our trust in God's love? It actually—it's it, another word for trust—is another word for confidence. We put our confidence in God's love for us. If I'm confident about something, who likes to be confident about something? Yeah, you know you can. I'm confident about that. Are you confident? and have you experienced God's love you don't have to fight for acceptance you don't have to be the beast you don't have to your worth doesn't depend on things or people or anything because you have a confidence in God's love verse 18 says such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear if we are afraid it is for fear of punishment and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love loving God is free from fear that's what John is saying John wants us to know that if we are afraid to come to God we really don't understand the love he has for us If we're afraid and fearful of him, we don't and we haven't experienced the love he has for us. If we are afraid, it's because we're afraid of punishment. Some translations of that scripture say, we are suspicious of love. I find that interesting. We're suspicious of God's love for us. What about when someone comes and does something nice and you go, why are you being nice to me? it's because we're suspicious what do you really want or everything is going well or something bad must be about to happen we're suspicious when you mess up are you afraid of being punished one strike and you're out written off off the list you know, because there's a difference between experiencing a punishment for doing something wrong, and experiencing a consequence for doing something wrong. There's a difference. A consequence is a result, and we all, we all experience a consequence. A consequence is a result or a direct effect of an action. So when I was swinging on the monkey bars in primary school, and I fell off, and I landed on my wrist. The consequence of that was that I broke my wrist, and I had to go and get plaster, and that's a consequence. But punishment is something totally different. Punishment is suffering, pain, or loss that serves as retribution. In other words, the goal is to inflict pain, hurt, or to get even. You did something wrong, so I want to inflict pain on you and get even. You have to pay. That's punishment. You may have experienced that. But can I tell you something? God will never do that. He will never do that. Because punishment for our mistakes was paid for by Jesus. And that's the whole point. If we fear punishment, we really don't understand God's love. That's what John's saying. And I pray, our prayer today is that we will have a revelation. If you need one, you will experience his perfect love in in greater measure, like the waves. I love that scripture you just spoke about in Isaiah, Jess. It went on, it was peace like a river, and then it said waves. I saw waves washing over people, washing over. Verse 19, which I read says this, we love because He first loved us. See, it all comes back to God's love. The fact that we can love other people is because He first loved me. The fact that I can love you is because He first loved me. My whole ability to love starts with the reality and the experience of God's love for me. We don't conjure it up. I'm just going to try harder. I'm just going to do better. I'm just gonna, I really need to love them more. Well, maybe you do, but I tell you where it starts it starts with better, with experiencing God's love for you because it all flows out of that. That's what John's saying. I want to read a passage from Colossians in the Passion Translation which looks at how we love others and I read this and I thought, wow, this is just beautiful. It says this, you, you are always dearly, you are always and dearly loved by God. That's pretty cool, isn't it? (laughs) So, I mean, that's the basics. That's the basic foundation. You are always and dearly loved by God, so this is what you can do. Robe yourself with the virtues of God. We're talking about loving others. Since you've been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. Be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble and unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith. There's no weakness in this family of faith, is there? No, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love, I love this, love becomes the true mark of maturity. You may think it's knowledge, you may think it's experience. You may think it's accolades. You may you may think it's anything, but I, the Bible tells us that love—it's love—that's the true mark of maturity. Paul went on, and Paul said in one Paul, in one Corinthians thirteen, when he talked about love, he said, "You know, you can have all the faith to move a mountain. You can be generous as you want. You can." speak with prophecy. You can look at someone and say, I see this for you and I see that for you. You can have all of that. But if you don't have love, you're missing it. It's love that's the true mark of maturity. Loving God and loving others. That's what 1 John's about. We're going to finish with 1 John 5 next week, but I want to pray that we would understand and trust and have confidence in God's love for us. That we would not be fearful, that we would come to him. going to give you an opportunity if you're with us online this morning or if you're here in the building to experience the love of God if you've never done that if you don't have a relationship with him I want to give you the opportunity for that Lord Jesus I want to thank you for your great love Father God I want to thank you that it all starts with us, understanding the love that you have for us. And God, those people that today have a fear of punishment, Lord, that they would get a revelation of the perfect love of God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that like waves on a beach, you wash over every heart in this place, every person who is online because we are always and dearly loved by you and we can put our trust and our confidence in that love. Father, touch every heart, I pray. Every heart. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au